and welcome to Funny Looking number 22. Funny Looking is a podcast with myself, Peter Jones, and my friend Gav. Hello, Gav. Hello. And it is a celebration of all things we find funny. And at the moment, we're in peak comedy festival season. Liverpool Comedy Festival, as you may have heard in the last episode. You were working up to it, we're working up to it. Is there another festival on? Not that I know of. McCunthless already been, that's in May. There's only two festivals for me. Amen. Fuck you, Glastonbury. So what's coming up in this one, Gav? Just tick the explicit. Hang on, hang on a minute. Yeah, that's done. Carry on. Say it again. So today we are going to start with an interview with the Festival Director of Liverpool Comedy Festival, Sam Avery. Year number two for you, Sam. In charge, head honcho, Sam Avery. Hello. Festival Director. Oh, yes. I just, I just think of these European festivals, so you've got a blazer and there's... You wander around and you have minions to do all the... Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. I, I, to be honest, I haven't even got a lanyard. So I think this year is the year of the la- the lanyard, and I think I'd like to have a lanyard with some kind of details on that lets me do whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you can do anything in life if you wear a lanyard. People just let you do stuff. I also think if you've got the title of festival director, you should be able to swan around yeah. into all the post-festival late-night soirees. I'm assuming there's a few of them planned. There are a few, yeah. I think that's one of those things that we're desperate to kind of grow with the festival. It's not just about the shows, is it? A festival. It's not just about sitting there watching someone do their stuff. It's about the vibe and it's about the excitement and some of these things aren't really tangible. It's about the, the whole feel of the city when the festival's on, which last year there was a buzz for the first time in a few years, I, I thought. And this year there's a real excitement ahead of the festival. So I'd imagine during the festival there'll be lots and lots of uh, late-night debauchery. Oh, I'm, I'm hoping so. <laughs> when I say late-night, I'm talking like post-10 oh. o'clock. Yeah, that's, a, that's <laughs> half nine's. Oh. Half nine's late for me these it's gonna days. Be, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> so um, looking through the, the catalogue, it's, it, it's growing. You've got loads of different acts. And how, how did you go about programming it this year? Well, this year was really nice because last year was uh, there was a little bit of trying to sell the idea of the festival to the venues, you know, and just make sure that everyone was on board and on the same page. And we did that, and the venues were fantastic. And this year, the venues have, have come to us very early on and, and been keen to be involved, which is great because it shows us that, you know, we did something right last year and we, you know, made them feel like a part of the festival, which I think is really important. That you know, The festival needs to be inclusive and bring venues and comedians and, and audiences together. So so this year, we're lucky the Philharmonic wasn't open last year, so refurbed and open this year and a couple of good shows there Alan Carr Dave Spikey and um, um, Brass as well which is a brass band comedy show which I don't think we've ever had before I don't think I've ever heard of before I don't think there's any others they claim to be the best in the world and I think that's probably that's probably true it's probably true yeah um, so that's been interesting to have those those venues on board and also I think the, the sort of centrally programmed shows this year which make up about 50% of the shows Um We've just tried to be as diverse as possible, you know. Um, and I think festivals, for me, it's not all about bringing in shows that are mainstream and popular. It's about making sure there's enough diversity for people to feel included because not everyone likes straight stand-up. Not everyone likes stand-up. Some people like sketches. Some people like stuff that's completely offensive. Some people like stuff that's really off the wall, deadpan. You know, there's all these different styles. And they all the, the entire spectrum of comedic performers need to be represented in the festival. That's our aim. And I don't think it's possible to ever truly do that, but we will keep trying. Who are you looking forward to? 
Um, I'm looking forward to your funny-looking shows. I think they're going to be fantastic. <laughs> and I didn't say that just because you're sat very close to me right now. Very close. Uh, very close. Uh, not too close, though. No, okay. But... <laughs> oh, is, that, is that better? That's, that's, no, that's worse. Uh, I'm, no, I'm looking forward to them because they're, they're the kind of things that I think a festival should have, you know, very, very kind of... You don't know which way it's going to go. Shambles. Sh- shambolic, chaotic, um, <laughs> experimental. Yeah. Um, but ultimately... It'll Genius. Be It'll be I fun. Think, yeah. It'll be fun. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to Christian Riley's show yes. at 81 Ranchor Street. He's just, I think he's just, he's one of the, for me, one of my favourite acts on the circuit. Uh, and I think the the way he updates his, his material so regularly makes it very topical um, and just so much energy to it. And I think uh, that's going to be great. Um, I also really looking forward to Dan Nightingale's show again. Yeah. Circuit, you know, circuit act, if you want to call it that, but doing something better than most acts, you know, and and doing it really well. So that's going to be really good. Um, we've got a couple of stuff for kids as well, a couple of shows for the family. Wait, yeah. to see Martin Moore's Mar- show. Martin Moore, we've got yeah. Cannot, I am genuinely oh. overwhelmed. I'm going to be, I'm going to be booking that. It's yeah. reminded me to book it. Yeah, because I love him as a circuit comic. Yeah. I love him as a with his hours. Yeah, I think he's got one of the best. Uh, uh, Facebook presences of, of comedians, mm. but for, for I can't wait to see my kids' faces when yeah. I see him. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And I think it's really nice to have that strand to the festival. And we've also got the Cagoules on at 81 Renshaw Street, who are a family, family-friendly show. They're two performers. They uh, wear Cagoules over their heads. They're, it's a, an hour-long show, completely silent. No, you know, no nice. talking. Um, nice. Family-friendly, a little bit cheeky, but yeah, suitable for, for under-18s, which is, which is nice. Um, and we've got you know lots of shows like Daniel Sloss is bringing his tour here, which yes. is great. I mean he's flying at the moment, yes. so it's really nice to to see him coming over here. And I'm really excited about the partnership we've got with uh, John Moore's University this year. We've come on board and really really been engaged with what we do. You've got um, some debates. We've got a, yeah, we've got a couple of debates. We've got um, a BBC Writers Room event which they're going to host, which Amazing. we did last year. This is kind of continuation of that. And we've got a debate, which is, the title is, and it's been set by JMU students, which is interesting, and it's, should comedy be regulated in 2015? So we're going to have a panel of comedians, um, academics, um, all different people. people it's from- very appetite, isn't it? Because there's, there's always been, uh, you know, someone who's been on very, you know, like the, the very, very far wings of comedy, there's always been talk of a comedians union the comedians mm. can join equity if they yeah. want to and there's there's meetings and things happening at the minute it's yeah. growing yeah. is that regulation or is that control or yeah. it's very intriguing it's it's a massive hot potato and i think there's a lot of with the, the, the way the comedy circuit's changed you know over the last five six seven years there's a big big change in kind of how people how comedians are kind of relating to that and how they're dealing with day-to-day you know getting paid things like that and also looking at actually content as well i think that's a massive massive area about you know what is what content is acceptable what content should be you know is censorship still something we should be bringing in and people might be listening to to this thinking that sounds like the most boring hour of my life but not that's not for you that's fair yeah, enough yeah and that's the thing about a festival isn't it you know that nothing yeah. not everything is going to be for you no if you went to every single show in the festival which is not physically possible because a lot of them run at the same time you, you're probably not going to enjoy fifty percent at least, possibly more, but you will enjoy, you know, some. But of the you can definitely, I think, curate yourself an interesting festival based on what you find interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, and there's, the, the, I've noticed as a punter this year, looking there's there's lots more 
in you know I, I I live in a very niche odd world of what I love in comedy and there's more of that that's that's why I'm not going to name anybody yeah. I'm looking forward yeah. to suddenly they realize they're niche and odd <laughs> but um, but you've got the but you've also got those big names coming into town yeah well the big names are great because they, they you know it's it's really nice to have people look at the brochure see these names on the front pick up the brochure and then you know get involved in some of the the smaller shows, really, the up-and-comers or the more madcap left-field shows that, are, you know, a lot of which were put on at 81 Renshaw Street because it's such a great space, 50 seats. You know, if you mm-hmm. get get 15 people in there, it feels, it feels like great. Wembley. It feels great. Oh, yeah, if you get 50 in there, it's electric. It's it absolutely is. phenomenal venue. So it's it really is. nice. I saw the Legion of Doom in there a couple of weeks ago and it was rammed and it yeah. was... That's what makes an exciting show. Exactly. When you've got yeah. just a, a body of people together laughing. Yeah, yeah. And we've got, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, we've got people like Pauline Daniels yep. doing uh, Comedy Central. Uh, she was called 60 and Still Misbehaving. It's all about her life. She battled cancer a couple of years ago, got through that. She was a lo- very personal show to her, really, but she's obviously very much from the mainstream end of things, doing, you know, tr- more traditional gags. We've got Terry Christian... Oh, I can't wait that. for that. Yeah. And I think that my favourite moment of the whole plan of the festival this year was when someone, um, a contact man, I was trying to get older, Teddy Chris, and he said, oh, I forwarded your mobile number to him. He's going to give you a call. And my phone rang about two minutes later, and I didn't know the number. And I said, hello. And this voice just went, ah, is that Sam? And I went, is that Terry? Just, you know, wild stab in the dark. And I went, all right, mate. Like that. And I was like, oh, come on. I couldn't wait, I couldn't wait to tell me more. He's an icon, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, of, of a time, and he was such a nice guy on the phone. He's been really easy to to, to work with, and his show is uh, it's it, it's funny because it's got Eric Cantona on the on the cover, you know, on on his poster. Now this is the Liverpool Comedy Festival. I'm not sure Eric Cantona is the most popular man in <laughs> Liverpool, um, but you know he, he's aware of all that, and he's aware of that rivalry between the cities, and there's a lot of similarities, and that's kind of. But he's a provocateur, isn't yeah. he, with a cheeky smile? Yeah, and he always was, you know, as yeah. Depending on, well, no, you know, I was a kid from, from London watching this yeah. Mancunian guy yeah. just stir it up, loved it. Oh, yeah, and I think that's what he, a lot of his shows about, and it's about his life, it's about his career, about his childhood, and, and kind of, you know, where it's gone from there, so... Are you performing? I'm performing, but I'm not doing a solo show this year, I'm just doing a kind of, um, I'm doing a couple of nights at Baby Blue, uh, and I'm doing a few other bits and bobs. I think I'm at Hot Water as well. I'm, I'm just doing kind of me, me club stuff, really, because last year I did a solo show, and the the stress of running the festival and then preparing for your solo show was ridiculous and unnecessary. I didn't need to do it. And the other thing is I'm constantly encouraging acts to push their own shows. Mm. As much as we will sell it as a festival, you know, a lot of it's certainly the local acts, there's a lot of onus on them to, to push and, and push their own shows. And I felt like I couldn't push my own show through the festival because that would look like, I mean, I'd love to just put the brochure and put my own face on the front and, you know, like being John Malkovich, but just have my face everywhere. Um, but I think that'd be a little bit. Um, I don't think that'd really do what we're trying to achieve as a festival. Yeah. Are you saying that um, you know there, there's no honour amongst comedic thieves? That they would, they <laughs> no. wouldn't take that well. I don't think they would. I don't think the brochure would be worth looking at. Just loads <laughs> of pictures of me. Well, well, you may have a point there. Um, well, certainly we're going to be doing as many as we can, and I, you know, I. I if you are an act listening, just get in contact. Get in contact yeah. with me. It'd be lovely to talk to you. And there's loads of ways of doing that. And just, just um, then you've got something to point people to as well. Exactly. And I think we want to encourage as many people as possible to get involved in the festival. And if you can't get involved as a performer, get involved as, as an audience member or there's other ways of volunteering and helping us out with the festival. And I've been personally really, really um, spiritually enriched 
by just the amount of people who've, who've wanted to help and wanted to, you know, make this festival a success. There's a real, real kind of feeling amongst people within the comedy industry in Liverpool who just really want to see it work, and, and that's really, really refreshing and really, really positive. So I'll, we'll put the contact, all the contact details in the details for this podcast, but it's also, obviously, just, just Google Liverpool Comedy Festival, it's all there, and just people can get in contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, everybody's been talking about Edinburgh, but this is all about this for me. Yeah, well, it's uh, you can get to every show using a saveway. <laughs> Which you can't do in Edinburgh, can you? And you don't have to walk across two old volcanoes. No, no. I mean, I, I'm not sure whether our festival could ever compete with Edinburgh. I don't think anybody would want I to. I don't think anyone would want to, but we can make it better in its own way. You know, it's different. It's a different beast. You've always said you had a five-year plan. Yeah. This is definitely a step up. Yeah. Where next? I don't know this one hasn't started, which is a stupid question. It's not a stupid question. I think it's a very pertinent question. I think the five-year plan, obviously, we're into year two now, so I think... Every year, I mean, like I said before, I've noticed just a, a much more, a much bigger openness amongst people willing to work with us, which makes our job easier, makes it more exciting. We can bring more people on board. I think next year, I want to try and bring more, even more diverse elements. I want to bring some gen, genuinely curated shows purely for the Liverpool Comedy Festival. We've got, we've got obviously a few within the festival that are like that, but I want to have a much bigger strand of stuff that you will only see at our festival. You will not see anywhere else because it, it'll happen and then it's done. Like funny looking live. Like funny looking live. Thanks very much to Sam for coming to talk with us. Fantastic stuff. And it's clear to see that this year's Liverpool Comedy Festival is going to be fantastic and his vision for the future is even bigger and better. That's the impression I've had over the two years that we've worked with him. Um, and there's loads of great stuff on this year. So if you're in Liverpool, you're in the Northwest, then do check out the website and have a look. And um, we're, we're, we're going to focus the people I'm going to talk to, as well as other people as well. And the, and the offer is out there for any, any of the, uh, the performers, any of the performers for the festival uh, to get in contact. It'd be good to talk to you. But, but the, the venue that um, Funny Looking Live is taking, more about that later, taking place in 81 Renshaw Street, where I've, I've seen a lot of the really interesting comedy, as I mentioned in the last podcast, um, we're going to talk to as many of the performers who are going there as possible, just because it's a, you know, it's a growing venue. And there's yeah. a very established comedy venues and nights in Liverpool, but there is this growing uh, alternative scene, in, 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 and it's just well worth supporting. Um, yeah, I fully agree with you. What's the address of that venue? Sorry, it's called Eighty One Renshaw Street. So where is it though? Sorry, uh, I'm not sure. Google it as your best suggestion? Probably, yeah. Just Google it to one rental sheet. You'll, you'll find it. <laughs> you'll definitely find it. Um, and just to shout out to um, the episode before, I mean, all of our episodes are worth listening to and you can find them all on funlooking.co.uk or you can find them on Stitcher or you can find them on iTunes or you can find them on your podcatcher. Every single one's worth listening to. But the last episode, um, shout out, shout out to uh, to Chris, to Top Joe, to uh, Alistair, to the uh, Legion of Doom chaps, because they are into their Edinburgh run now. They'll be slightly broken, but not 100% broken. I'm sure they'll be flying like condors over the mountains of comedy. Maybe, <laughs> but it's worth listening to them because, as I say, they are quite a, a, a driving force of this this uh, regrowth of alternative comedy in Liverpool, and, and it's great to, to watch that grow. And that was in the last episode. 
My favourite bit of the show, Gav, as always, is the comedy whiffle waffle. Mm-hmm. The uh, comedy roundup, the chance to talk about comedy things. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the whole show is about comedy, but this is a bit where we just say some names, and then people have to Google them. Um, and I've been because you've been doing podcasts without me. Um, I'm not bitter. I thought you said we weren't going to mention it. I can't leave it. I'm so <laughs> bitter. <laughs> um, I've been to see loads of stuff. Uh, and it's all on Edinburgh because I've been watching Edinburgh previews. So basically, it's a toss-up for me between Nish Kumar and James Acaster for who's going to do the best show this year of established comedians. So mainstream these days. I'm so effing mainstream. <laughs> but Acaster and Kumar absolutely nailing it and knocking it out of the park. Um, slightly more alternative or slightly closer to home in terms of Manchester and in terms of... Uh, People we've spoken to previously, Gaines Family Gift Shop's hour is stunning, as is Michael J. Dolan's new hour. Both fantastic. Big, big fans of of all of those names, of of all of the four names you mentioned there. And and it's particularly great, isn't it, that that Gaines um, have recorded their first radio show. Um, They're involved with uh, Reese Shearsmith and and Steve Pemberton. Uh, They're just, they're just, they're going to storm it, aren't they? And it's interesting that this, the, the the people we've been following in the last couple of years are becoming the comedy establishment slowly. Kingmakers, that's what I'd call us, Scav. Absolute <laughs> effing kingmakers. Um, a couple of other things that I think you should definitely go see. Uh, someone we've spoken to before, Mark Silcox, is doing an hour. No, I love Mark Silcox. I wish... I don't think I'm going to get to Edinburgh, and I think... I just, I've said this a few times in this podcast... He is the comedian I have laughed the loudest and the hardest to over the last couple of years. Yes, and you know I would say Brian Gittins live uh, at Mac as well, but Mark Silcox I cannot recommend enough, and I, I think he's a very fine taste. But we are about the finest taste in comedy here. We, we try our best. Um... And I'd also go, if I was up there, I'd see Tez Ilyas, who I saw do an Excess Malarkey show. And you know when you see a comedian who just comes on and does 20 minutes and absolutely storms it, and the whole crowd loves it? That is what Tez, Tez Ilyas was. And he's also recently been on a, some of the BBC shows as well, so he's well worth checking out. He's doing a show called Tez Talks. I love a pun, Gav. And then I'd say go see Stephanie Lang, who I've seen do a few previews at Excess recently. And uh, it's funniest when she's just being explicit about sex. And you've changed. Yeah, I know I have, Gav. I'm, you know, a married man these days. Um, that was creepy. Yeah, real creepy. I'm going to point people towards uh, comedy feeds on the iPlayer. We mentioned Funs and Games last week. Uh, but there's some really, really good stuff on that. I, I'm, I really liked People Time. That's. Um, Sheeps. We like sheeps. We talked about sheeps in the first ever funny looking. First ever funny looking. Some seven years ago now. <laughs> 17. <laughs> uh, sheeps plus Jamie Dimitru, Natasha Dimitru, uh, Claudia Doherty and Ellie White. And um, Claudia Doherty and Ellie White have, have two Eastern European characters who apparently went down uh, not so well in Manchester, because but they ripped the roof off at McCunfleth. When I saw them, and uh, that, that, but that whole people time deserves a whole series. There's loads of iPlayer only comedy, isn't there? The, 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 Matt Berry's got his own little specials. 
that he did uh, with Bob Mortimer and things he did with, with himself. This it's a really and it's so much better than four OD, whatever it's called now, because there's no bloody adverts. <laughs> Whose voice do you prefer, Matt Berry or Liam Williams? Oh, they both have um, resonant tones, don't they? Those lower registers they use to their advantage. But Matt Berry has that beautiful, quite high-pitched singing voice. So, a momentous occasion now for Funny Looking. It's the first time we've ever had a guest who's also been on Question time. The Venn diagram can finally be drawn. We are, we are. We're the establishment now. What a treat, though, to um, to reach out to a really interesting comic, hard-working comic, someone who's been, uh, you know, done their time on, on the circuit, but is really carving their name out, uh, as she will describe as a very politicised uh, comic. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Kate Smurthwaite when she comes to uh, 81 Renshaw Street during the Comedy Festival. Hello, Kate. Hello, Kate Smurthwaite. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm OK, but I'm not the one who's, well, currently is about a week and a bit into to Ed, and Ed Fringe. How's that going for you? It's going good, actually. I'm only really three days in at this stage, three, four days in. Um, so it's, it's fine. It's kind of busy, but I've, I've still got that... I've got that feeling of like I'm I'm running around and I'm coping, but I can't imagine that I'm going to be able to do this for three whole weeks. You know, um, it's fine right now. It's gonna it's gonna get uh, pretty uh, crazy as uh, as the three weeks unfold. But but I'm but I'm loving it. I'm having a great time. I'm really happy with my shows. And uh, yeah, it's all good. It's an endurance test. This is a shorter Edinburgh than other years, is it? Because of the calendar? Or... No. Um, uh, what it is is that um, Edinburgh is really three weeks long. The Fringe Festival is really three weeks long. But a lot of places um, come up, a lot, a lot of venues open early and put on previews. Right. Um, but I don't do previews. I just show up and hit the ground running. Um, not least because three weeks is quite long enough. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so a lot of people do end up doing nearly four weeks. Um, but I'm only doing the three weeks, um, the three weeks of official festival, not the sort of optional practice week the week before. Right. So, because you're doing more than one show, aren't you? Because um, we'll talk about the show that you're bringing to Liverpool mm-hmm. in September. But you do more than one, and I know, and I know, you know, working comics are I take their shows. They they they're in and out of everybody else's shows. Uh, just give mm-hmm. us a flavour, run through the things you're up to. Uh, so I do three shows a day. One of them is my solo show, uh, which is kind of the focal point of what I'm doing. It's the reason I'm up here. And yeah, and we'll definitely talk about that in a minute. And then in the afternoons before my solo show, I host a political panel show that feels a bit like uh, Mock the Week or Have I Got News For You kind of thing. I have some comedians as my guests and I quiz them about the news. And the, the twist of it for my show is that it's called Comedy Manifesto. And so the final round of the panel show, uh, I asked my guests to suggest a law that they would like to see introduced uh, in the UK and then the audience have a vote and we decide um, on passing a law. So um, we've had some uh, some quite interesting things already. We've decided to legalise drugs for the over 40s to help them get Perfect. more housework done. Perfect. Um, we've decided that anyone uh, who is an idiot on Twitter will lose a character, so they'll only have 139 characters and then 138. And oh uh, the more they're horrible on Twitter, the less they'll be able to express themselves. We've come oh. up with some lovely laws. So well, that's right. I am an idiot, but I'm not horrible, so I'm, I'm relieved. Okay. That's okay. Um, and uh, and then I, on top of that, I do my late night shows. So there's right. a uh, the 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 organisation with which I bring my shows to the fringe, the free fringe. Um, we have a late night showcase of um, a mixture of talent from around the fringe, and I host it. It's called Late with Kate, 
and um and I get to pick the acts and I get to uh you know, it's kind of my little club. It's uh, it's not. It's much less of a comedy club and more of a cult, actually. People come back every night and we have a real lovely sort of, uh, l- yeah, little thing where you can see some of the more interesting acts from around the fringe. And I, I pick I pick something that doesn't look anything like a regular comedy club. I pick something um, that always includes something that isn't 100% stand-up. And I always pick something that uh, that's a little bit unexpected. And I always an opportunity for newer acts to have a, a little go and st- uh, when they're starting out so it's quite a mixed bill and it's quite fun yeah that's that's good yeah. because because that is that's what it is it is a jamboree isn't it edinburgh you, you know i'm a big fan of comedy but i am of the in the over 40s club and i remember when comedy clubs weren't just mm. three white men and a microphone they were a mixed bill of uh, uh I, I, I mean I, i'm also old enough to gone to some of Malcolm Hardy's gigs which is what I was oh, brought wow. up on uh where you you are going to get a man who's going to come on and do spitfire sound effects for 10 minutes and love it there is going to be a, a lady singing old time musical tunes I seem to remember yeah, it was exactly. it, it just just interestingly enough Kev one of the most common things people say to me after they've seen a show of mine they say um oh, I didn't really think I liked comedy but you were really good and um <laughs> And and this is the thing is that we've sort uh. of started because so many comedy clubs are unfortunately so so samey and and so much TV comedy I think yeah. has gone rather the same way this sort of laddie uh, kind of lowest common denominator comedy um, that there are people out there who've sort of seen that they've watched a little bit of you know Dave or whatever and they've gone well this isn't really my bag yes. um, which is kind of weird because if you heard someone say I don't really like music you'd think well you just haven't found the kind of music you like we wouldn't really accept that as an answer and yet somehow I don't really like comedy is kind of a thing that people. Say, and I think it's a shame because there is so much out there, and the, the Edinburgh Fringe is is such an amazing place where there's so much going on. Um, you know, if you, if you can't find something that's to your taste here, um, then then really there's a problem um, because uh, there's just so much here. And I think that's one of the wonderful things about it is the chance to to shop around and find something that really does it for you. I couldn't agree with you more that that, that it is the mixed bag. Uh, there's so much more, and I'm really pleased. We'll we'll definitely put links in. Uh, both in the podcast and also on the on 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 the website to the shows that you're doing, um, and uh, yeah, it's an endurance. Are, are you doing other spots on other people's bits and pieces as well? Or yes, and then I, I do lots of spots on other people's shows uh, and run around. Last year, I did a hundred shows altogether, including all my guest spots over the three and a half weeks. Um, and I'm trying not to do that this year. I'm sort of resolutely only uh i'm not i'm not really chasing for spots i'm just doing the spots that are offered to me because i don't want to um drive myself you can probably hear my voice is a little bit sore mm. i've got a little bit of a cold so i'm gonna try and uh and but I, I said that last year and i ended up doing 100 spots so we'll see what happens well i hope you enjoy the rest of the edinburgh run um i'm trying to get up there myself as a punter we'll see we'll see hopefully that that will happen but you know you do have to save that little bit of energy because you are coming to the liverpool comedy festival because i'm assuming this is the, the your solo show is a show you then take on tour yes exactly so my solo show this year is called the wrong sort of feminist and um and yeah this is what i i opened it four days ago and um and i'm i'm so happy with it and i'm having such a great fringe especially in respect of that show um and uh, yeah, and it's a it's a strange sort of show. It's about a show that I was supposed to do in South London that got cancelled, and it's about how this show got cancelled and what happened. And it's kind of the story of that. But you know what comedy shows are like. It's about a lot of other things mm. as well. It's about uh, being on Come Dine with Me, which is something else I did earlier this year. Yeah. It's about um, 
uh, edible pants uh, that somebody gave me earlier this year. It's about the NHS and it's about the elections and it's about democracy and choice and the way that we live our lives. And, you know, it has kind of a, a, a fundamental, profound message, I think. Maybe that's a pretentious thing to say. It, it says something which I'm You're allowed quite to. proud of. Good. And, um, and then, you know, and there's a lot of funny, silly mucking around. And, um, yeah, I mean, I mean I, this is my 10th solo show so people who've uh, seen me before you know that, that I kind of I do the same thing uh, in the sense that it's left-wing it's feminist it's atheist um, and it talks about some real issues and it talks about some of the stuff that's happened this year and it talks about what I've been up to this year and then it, it fits together and there's a big surprise twist at the end um, and um, yeah and so and so and so that's lovely but what is actually completely new is that yeah this is my 10th solo show and I do usually after Edinburgh, I toured them around a little bit. And this is the first time uh, we've managed to include Liverpool in that tour. So that's quite exciting for me, actually, that we're reaching to new places. Um, there have been sort of places like Brighton, the Brighton Fringe, where yeah. we always go and we expect to go. And it's sort of standard. We don't think twice about it. We just head down to Brighton. But um, to be able to include Liverpool in the tour is really nice this year. I'm really excited about that. I've only ever played Liverpool once before, and that's when the Labour Party conference was there. Right. And we went up. Um, it wasn't like an official event. I'm not particularly a member of the Labour Party, but um, but uh, but yeah, we went up and there was a, sh a comedy show and I performed as a part of it. Um, but of course, most of the audience for that was people who'd come up for the uh, for the specifically for the conference. So it wasn't really a chance to perform, um, you know, just for locals. Um, so this is this is definitely that, and I hope that it'll be well received. Well, it's going. To, I think the, the comedy festival has been around for a long time, but it is trying to stretch its wings and bring in new and interesting mm. people. And 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 the venue you're in. Um, 81 Renshaw Street is hosting a lot of people who've never been into to, to Liverpool before, like yourself. So, so I'm, I'm definitely, as you know, as from a punter's perspective, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, can I ask you, you, you use three three labels, um, yes. and, and how label do does that help you as a comedian? Because there, obviously, there are some labels you can put against comedians that doesn't isn't helpful uh, or is helpful in the wrong way. But uh, you know, uh, left wing. What was the theory you gave me? Feminist and left-wing feminist, atheist, atheist. Yes. Those, uh, those sometimes stick highbrow on the end of yeah, that. Yeah, well, obviously. I think in some ways they're <laughs> deeply unhelpful in the sense that your average comedy punter is is highly likely to be put off by one of those words. But you know, to be honest, I'm not really in the market for attracting, uh, you know, your sort of Saturday night uh, average comedy-going crowd. I do play those kind of clubs. I tend to MC them rather than doing material. Um, because I've, I've got the skills, I just don't particularly care to spend my time writing that sort of material. So, I mean, in a way, they are there almost to put off people who won't appreciate the show and also to let those people, those people who are out there thinking, I don't really like comedy, it's not really my bag, um, to, to sort of wake them up to the idea that there's other stuff out there that actually might be absolutely in their area of interest. And in fact, you know, I think all of those words in their own way do attract I mean, it's a lot of people out there who feel like there's not enough political comedy these days. And we need to, you know, we used to have so much wonderful political comedy when Thatcher was in power. We did so much through comedy to challenge um, the stuff that she was saying and what was going on. And, um, and when I look at what David Cameron is doing now, I think comedy needs to step up to the plate hard, you know, and get on with uh, with challenging some of these things. And, you know, I think the same when I look at uh, some of the religious bigotry that I see um, in sort of, uh, you know, across all sorts of different religions going on in the UK. And, you know, and, and I guess the same when I look at discrimination against women in the UK, I think, you know, we need to use comedy to challenge those attitudes. And that's quite a sort of progressive, cool thing to be part of, as far as I'm concerned. I think I, I can't agree with you more. I, I think it's all right sometimes to 
to to to offer a filter for people so um mm. so that the audience are selecting for themselves and uh, and it is it becomes that the, the, what I love with an hour long show from a comedian is sometimes you are communing together that you mm-hmm. are uh, and you know it's, it's about the risk of course is it becomes that echo chamber which we're all frightened of at the minute uh, but but uh, it, 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 it's that chance to then just just to because you're an activist as well. That's the difference, isn't it? You, it's not just here's my hour. I'm, I'm, I'm taking this to art centres because you are out there, uh, mm-hmm. being an activist, and you are also quite prolific. Uh, you, you, I hate to use this word. It comes across as um, derogatory, but I don't mean it. You've been used as you, you work as a pundit sometimes, don't you, for TV and. Yeah. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in the least bit offended by that sort of word. Yeah, I go on. I mean, I, I go on TV and radio shows, and I argue with people. Yes. Um, usually, usually. That's you a know, better race, description. Racist, <laughs> sexist, and homophobes yeah. are my sort of stock in trade, but I will branch out occasionally. Um, it, 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 you know, it ranges from hardcore pornographers to bishops, to be honest. Um, and uh, now that's a debate. Yeah, that's a exactly. Debate, and I, I dare. There's a there's a wonderful. Um, it's a wonderful um, show I did on uh, BBC Wales, actually, about a year ago, where we were talking about having bishops in the House of Lords, and they literally have me on for an hour, and they start off um, with uh, with somebody who is a bishop in the House of Lords, and then they move on to somebody um, who's just a sort of traditionalist, and they move on to somebody um, who's talking about the way that the Lords works, and it, I just go through about five or six different people, all with different reasons, trying to justify this very arcane practice, and I'm just like, no, and here's why you're wrong. Who's next? Right, here's why you're wrong. And um, and I love that sort of thing. I loved. I was on Question Time last year and, and uh, got a chance to sort of uh, corner Ken Clark on a few yes. issues. And, um, yeah, I love that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and then I am a sort of frontline campaigner as well. And, in fact, this year I'll be talking in my show about work I'm doing with asylum seekers in the UK. I've been teaching English uh, to a group of female asylum seekers in London for many years now. And, um, and some of the experiences I've had with them have made it into the show. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's definitely incl- it's definitely not a kind of you know sitting in my ivory tower telling everyone else how they should live kind of a, a show. It's very much a kind of practical um, show about about people's lives and the reality of it. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm very much looking forward to it personally, Kate. I follow you on on all the various platforms. Again, we'll put links. Uh, I, I did follow you. I really enjoyed during uh, the strange combination of words during the election. Your news at Kate as well. There's uh, those little YouTube. Um, items that you do those oh are... those were fun yeah we might do some more of those uh in the autumn uh when i get back from edinburgh and i'm not quite so busy i think yeah. uh, i really enjoyed making those playing all the different politicians and mucking around the one i watched yeah. today which i missed yes. then was your ukip oh did you see the ukip one was, where we where there's six different candidates very very funny that was very funny and i'll put a link onto that as oh, well too, yeah. i'll tweet, I'll tweet that to, out uh, we had to raid like every all my female friends. We were like, "Come round and bring your most disgusting clothes. We need <laughs> all of them for this one one uh, uh, little probably two minute video, isn't it?" But it's um, lovely. It's yeah. really lovely, and, and it really strikes that chord of that um, that thankfully that spiral of of self destruction that they that they you you can mm. suffer from of a series of people just saying the most ridiculous things by way of trying to defend themselves and their own ridiculous party 
yeah. uh, just 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 terrifying. And and you're Isn't right. The hardest thing, in a way, about doing political comedy is that you want to write something about every party. You want to send them all yeah. up, and you know, be sort of balanced in a way, and highlight the you know the the nonsense that all of them come out with because there isn't there isn't really you know a party out there that you think well they always talk sense you know um and you want to send everybody up and then as soon as you look at the news ukip have done something so ridiculous that you think well i'd better address that um they are sort of a bit of a bit of a, a distraction in some ways for political comedy writers but also of course a, a never-ending uh, source of material sort of you know <laughs> for a long time i thought they were set up by one of the main parties as a, a pantomime horse, you know, a Trojan horse, even I don't know, just just because there was there was there was no way that they could be real, you know. Mm. If you're going to invent, invent a satirised right wing party, UKIP is what um, comedy writers would write. But unfortunately, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. People have people. I mean, and you, this is my favourite one. You know, two weeks before the election, the UKIP candidate for Milton Keynes North stepped down. Because he'd been offered a well-paid job in Europe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is level. Of, I mean, and, and if Mando Iannucci wrote that, uh, you know, somewhere in an episode of The Thick of It, we'd be like, well, you know, you're sort of, I mean, that's not realistic, is it? You've gone too far. That would never happen. Absolutely. Um, it literally did happen. That is exactly uh, what they are up to. And, and it is something to say, to complain about the, the, the European um, gravy train whilst taking cash and expenses for meetings you haven't a, don't actually attend. Yeah, exactly. While you're literally swimming in the gravy, it is it is ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, swigging a big pint of gravy at the bar of the. Anyway, Kate, I'm so I'm so grateful for the time uh, you've you've given, and also you know wish you all the very best for the rest of Edinburgh. Enjoy that, and uh, say I'll definitely be along to uh, see your show, and there'll be links for that at the end. Thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure talking to you, Gav. Thank you. Great stuff. Thank you. What an absolute class act. That's one of the best interviews we've done. She was amazing. And uh, we learn a lot, and I'm really excited to see that show uh, in Liverpool when it comes. It it it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I think it's very provocative. I mean, just a quick Google uh, will will show you, give you the setup to this situation, and um, I, th I think it, and it's also a marker of the, the quality of sh of shows that are coming in to this, and and they're really worth your support. I mean, so it's Kate Smirthwaite, the wrong sort of feminist. Uh, the 20th of September, so that's a Sunday at uh, 7 o'clock, 81 Renshaw Street. And that's just a fiver. I'd spend that on a pint these days. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? You would. Um, interestingly, she's also been on Come Down With Me. What would you uh, What would you cook on a Come Down With Me? Oh, I'd probably go for this um, smoked chicken breast on the bone i mean if you're going to smoke it on a barbecue then make sure your chicken is on the bone it retains sure. the, the, the the moisture um but all meat is murder remember so uh, i kicked myself i need to find this out if you go to the um i'm going to give you a bit of a challenge i want you to go to the liverpool comedy festival website and and look up kate smirthwaite and and like lots of shows comics they have the uh you know uh, spectator says hilarious a powerhouse of observational wit scott's gay says an important and inclusive narrative on our society and then there is actually a comment from frankie boyle i'm not going to read it but i completely forgot because i was just too interested in what kate was saying why that quote is there and it's a very intriguing one indeed but i do i do think it's if you're in the northwest if you're in just stabbing distance of the northwest um of, of liverpool look on the website there is going to be something for you there's some very 
some big names, Alan Carr, uh, Dave Spikey. Uh, there's theatre pieces, there's these debates, as mentioned, um, and then there's these small and really interesting... And you can, once you're on the, the website, you can select by venues. I mean, some of the... Some of the, the the bigger clubs, their lineups are astounding. Phil Nichols in town. There's like a triple header going on, and more of those, more of those as we go through. Because there's going to be more of these Liverpool Comedy Festival uh, podcasts as we go through. But uh, thanks again to Kate. Thanks to Sam. What lovely people. Lovely people. Lovely podcast. And thank you, Gav, for making me a wonderful dinner. If you were on come down with me, I'd probably give you a seven for the food. Uh, but the entertainment's been poor, so it'd be a six overall. Well, I could, I could um, go talk through my ideas for funny looking live at the Liverpool Comedy Festival on the nineteenth of September and twenty sixth of September, nine o'clock at uh, Renshaw Street. Only a fiver. Only a fiver. The first rule of funny looking live is is heckle. Heckle. Uh, you're allowed to heckle as long as the heckle is is um, grandiose and beautiful. Anything less of that, you will be destroyed. That's a lovely sentiment. Uh, but yeah, heckle, heckling will be not the acts. There will be acts who come in and doing five minutes of their shows. Uh, but but heckle me. Um, come prepared. I want that those heckles can be um, very physical, even um, whatever you want. And that's the first rule. There's going to be several rules to funny looking live. First half, you have to be there. Uh, that's the only way you can see it. And the second half, however, it will be live on Spreaker and Periscope. And just to reassure listeners, I uh, will not be present on the stage. I might come to one of them. I'm at a wedding for the other one. And that's because I'm too hot to handle live, famously. Um, some of my views will be a little bit out there. And uh, Gav can't trust me to uh, toe the party line, as it were. Um, and now he's going to say something about sponsorship and badges because he's a slave to the man. <laughs> Well, you know what? I did get some badges and I got them for the live podcast and people wanted them. And you can get a funny looking badge and it's very easy. There are three ways you can get a funny looking badge. One is stop me on the street and threaten me with a steak knife. I'll give you the badge. I'll give you all the badges I have on me. Two, you can go to uh, iTunes. And if you leave a review, because it genuinely does help. Uh, for Funny Looking Podcast, once a week on Funny Looking Live on Sunday nights on Spreaker, I will pick someone and then I will offer them a badge and post it to them. Or three, you can go to uh, funnylooking.co.uk, scroll to the bottom, there's a little donate button. If you donate £2 or more, I'll post you a badge. What more would you want? He's given me a load, so if you just tweet at good old PJ and send me a stamp stress envelope, you can have them all. Well, that's the thing. You have to you have to post them as a large... It's at least 90-odd P, first class, 79p to post, not including the price of the envelope, second class, large letter. You can't get it through that little slot. I mean, I was pushing it through and I got it through where the woman said no. Interesting. Again, the Tories have ruined everything <laughs> nice and good for all of us. Um... Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, we, ba- we value your feedback. We value your connection. Uh, we value you. I think we've got a really interesting back catalogue. Go and have a look. Uh, and just go, just, just go and have a look at the people we've talked to over the years and where they are now in their career. Kingmakers, Gav. <laughs> Bloody kingmakers. <laughs> Subscribe. It really helps. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Thank mm-hmm. you.